Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, and welcome to Watching the Tudors. I'm Heather. I'm Jonathan. And you thought we disappeared, but we didn't. But we didn't. Almost. Yeah, we're here. So I I didn't know whether anybody was actually even listening to this show, because I don't look at the stats. But I've gotten so many messages and emails and stuff from people saying, when are you going to do another Watching the Tutors? So we're doing another Watching the Tutors. And I would really like to finish this series off. Would you like to finish this series off? Just yeah. put a check mark. Especially because I don't know what happened. Right? <laughs> like, I've been one of the people who's wanted us to finish this uh, podcast. Because so. you, yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you don't know who I am, I have done the Renaissance English History Podcast since 2009, making it one of the longest continuously running indie history podcasts. And you can get it where you're listening to this podcast or at englandcast.com. And I thought it would be fun to go back and watch the Tudors, rewatch the Tudors. It's been like 10 years. And look at what was true, what wasn't true, and just kind of break it down. And that's me. And I'm her husband, and I don't really know much about this history stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so um, I'm here to ask questions, like what is, what's real about the show, what's not, and, uh, and just trying to ask about the history in general. And the truth behind the drama. I'm, I'm brand new to all of this, so yeah. I remember when we first started dating, you asked me what the point of history was. And you were like totally genuine. You were like, I want to ask you something without you getting offended. What's the point of history? I think it's a fair question. I know. I was just like, am I seriously dating this guy yeah. for a minute? Haven't you asked me what's the point of math or anything? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. Because I understand. Because you would never say something like that. Never. Okay. All right. So this is season three, episode three. Jonathan thinks that we've recorded this already and that I lost the raw file. I don't believe him because I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. So, so here we go again, here or we... <laughs> for the first time, we're not sure. So. And for anybody who forgets where we are, we are Jane Seymour um, is queen. There's the pilgrimage of grace happening. That's all the northerners who are coming, yep. like who starting a rebellion. Yep. So that's what we're going to talk about. Yep. So it opens with Christmas Tide, yeah, 1536. And they're in a cathedral. They are. Somewhere. And the music of Josquin is playing. And I wondered if that music would be appropriate. Appro like that from that time. Yeah. So like 100 years ago. I now. kind of initially rolled my eyes at the choice of Josquin, um, but I'm actually more okay with it now after okay. I've thought about it because I think it's an interesting tie in. Um, Josquin was a Flemish composer. So this was not English music, okay. Franco-Flemish. And he was at the court or was supported by Margaret of Austria, which is where Anne Boleyn spent much of her childhood. And it's possible that Anne Boleyn actually met Josquin. So it's not a completely contemporary piece for 1536. Yeah. 
Um, so so it, it, it might be a, a, a long shot that it would actually actually be being sung in the church, but it's a cool kind of tie-in. Yeah. All right. And then next we have the, 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 the whole painting deal. Yeah. So there's uh, the guy Holbein. He's, yeah. he's an actual, he was a painter. Uh-huh. I did a whole episode on Hans Holbein. Oh, okay. Yeah. So check out the Renaissance English <laughs> History Podcast. <laughs> Look at him, episode doing number. Uh, oh God, I was like 120 or something. I don't know. It's been anyways. a while. Yeah. Um, no, that whole thing is like so made up. Like, so the one thing that's interesting is Hans Holbein initially came to the court um, under Thomas More brought him. Okay. So one of the first famous paintings that Holbein did in England was of the family of Thomas More, which uh -huh. is a very famous painting. And so by this point, um, he would have been attracting Henry's attention. But, like, so that Ursula Misselden lady, like, is so not real. Um, she's just a made-up character. Okay. She might be based on a couple of different mistresses. Uh -huh. Most historians seem to think that Henry was pretty faithful to Jane uh -huh. during their marriage. Um, so I don't know that Henry would have been commissioning soft-core porn. Yeah. And Misselden's not real. And I think, I don't know what was in the head of the writers and the producers for that. I, maybe it's just to show kind of like, people would always say that, you know, court was like a den of lions and uh -huh. that it was just this nasty so they just place wanted and to no morals. Paint and, a picture. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. And another thing, where, where would you hang that? Right? <laughs> like, does he, does he have like a basement? I mean, you couldn't hang it in the, in the bedroom. <laughs> Well, I'm sure he had plenty of secret places, but yeah. I don't know that. Um, <laughs> and also, you know, the thing we forget is that Henry was very prudish. Henry was very much of a, of a prude when it came to all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was offended at the thought that Anne Boleyn had learned some uh, tricks in France. Like, that was just the height of oh my god how could you yeah. and he was very very conservative when it came to that whole kind of thing so as much as yes he had mistresses one other thing about his mistresses when he did have them mm -hmm. he was a serial monogamist like he never had multiple mistresses he wasn't at once. like going around it was like he he, he had his mistress. he would go from his queen to his mistress, mistress. And, then, and she and was then his mistress yeah. <laughs> yeah and so he didn't have like dozens at once and you know when you look at it especially compared to other kings who reigned for a long time there's only a handful of mistresses that we know of of henry and he only had one son out of wedlock that we that he claimed there's the potential that mary boleyn had some children that were his uh there's some pretty good evidence but he never claimed them but i mean that's it and for a king who reigned that long i mean like anne of cleves's grandfather wasn't even a king and he had something like 86 children out of wedlock <laughs> so i mean like there there were there yeah. were lots of royal bastards and like, running around courts and like charles brandon seems to have yeah have, have gotten around a little bit too and he's he's not even the king exactly the king. and so henry was i don't think henry would have done something like this because he was a prude okay and also he was a serial monogamist with his mistress yeah. mistresses and i so also was, think he was faithful to jane that was all just kind of a weird little yeah. side story for you yeah it was all right and then and then we're in court yes and he 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 mentions he notices uh the countess Countess Margaret, uh, Margaret Pohl. Salisbury. Oh, Countess of Salisbury, who Mar is Margaret Pole. Yes. Yeah. And she's, and, and, and then her son, Reginald Pohl, mm -hmm. uh, who she was talking about. Like, that's a real. So Margaret Pohl was the daughter of 
George, the Duke of Clarence, and he was one of the three sons of York. So during the Wars of the Roses, there was the Lancastrians against the Yorkists, mm-hmm. and Edward the Fourth was a Yorkist, and he had two brothers, Richard the Third, who became Richard the Third, and I'm not going to talk about that because I don't want Ricardians yelling at me, and um, George, the Duke of Clarence. George... Is there a rhyme about? I think so. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and so the Duke of Clarence got in, he plotted some treason. He went back and forth. He was never quite happy with, um, his lot in life. And he wound up being put to death as a traitor. They say he was drowned in Malmsey wine. His brother let him choose the way he wanted to be executed. And so he wanted to be drowned in a vat of Malmsey wine. Now how true that is, I'm not sure, but that's the legend. His daughter was Margaret Poole. Margaret Poole also had a brother, Teddy Edward, and they were taken into the custody of Edward. And then, of course, after the Wars of the Roses ended and Henry VII became the king, the Tudors, um, Margaret Poole was still quite young and she was married off to a, to a person who was loyal to the Tudors. And by all accounts, she seemed to have had a happy marriage, even though it was like forced. But her brother Edward was one of the people who was put to death by Henry VII. Um, And that was part of the condition of Catherine of Aragon coming to England from Spain. Oh, my God. What are you laughing at? It's like a tornado of names. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So basically, Catherine of Aragon coming to Spain led to her brother Edward being killed. And so then we have Margaret Poole when she's older uh-huh. and she's the Countess of Salisbury. She was the first person to become a countess in her own right. Yeah. And she was a very uh, strong. So, so not just because like, of her, her husband. husband and he died. Like, right. She, she, she became... got it. And she built up this huge fortune, was uh-huh. one of the richest people in England, had this enormous fortune. She had these kids. Um, she was always on the verge of drama and like there was questions about her loyalty and stuff, yeah. but she seemed to survive she, it all. She, she played it well. And she left court and when she needed to get away and she had like beautiful houses and stuff like that. And she did a lot of good stuff, but she had s- some sons who got, who weren't as smart as her. And one of them is this Reginald, Reginald who went and he studied in Padua and he became a priest. And Henry VIII had paid for his education, so that part is true. And so he should have been a bit more loyal to Henry, but he didn't. He wrote a letter that was supposedly just to Henry, talking about how Henry was full of bunk for leaving the church and for um, all of the stuff, for marrying mm-hmm. Anne and how terrible it was and blah, 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 blah. But it got out? Or... It got It was leaked. Uh-oh. Leaked, in quotes, supposedly. Um, and so everybody saw it. And it made, like, like if you're going to write something telling the king how horrible he is, like, you shouldn't make that public. That should just kind of be between you and... Maybe don't sign your name. I don't know. Just right. not, not, not well. So, and we're going to see later on in this season, Reginald got up to some pretty serious, rebellious, treasonous actions. From the safety of Italy, yeah, they had sent, it was one of the things that brought down Cromwell, actually. The Cromwell was never actually able to get Reginald. They tried to send assassins and stuff, and they never wow. were able to get him. And it would lead to his whole family. Well, I don't want to give anything away. But right. it didn't turn out well it for didn't, Margaret It didn't go well. No. And so he, he was really offered the Bishop of Winchester. He was offered all kinds of posts to come back and be loyal. Uh, so he, he, he was just trying to get him back, and, and he said, no, thanks, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then at the end, like, we, I mean, you kind of said something too, but I noticed it. Like, she turned, turned her, her back. back on, like, that wouldn't happen, <laughs> no, right? You like, wouldn't turn your back on the king. It, <laughs> Especially it, when you were under suspicion of, like, 
And, and it was so weird because I was watching it and I was thinking, wow, she has such good eye contact. And I was thinking, like, I bet, you know, you had to keep eye contact with the king. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when she finishes, I was thinking, oh, I bet she's going to back up now. And then she just completely turns around. I mean, like, yeah, you would eventually turn around once she got with the crew of people (laughs) and join the crowd. But you won't just, like, turn on a dime and stand there with your back staring at him. I mean, you wouldn't even do that, like, to a... To somebody you were, like, friends with now, just, like, turn around. I mean, I don't know. So, just, do you know, I mean, what do you think, if just a random person would have done that to a king, like, at the moment they turned around, would, like, a guard just run up and, like, (laughs) like, knock him in the head or something? No, it just, I think it would have been noted, like, that was pretty, and they, I don't think they would have. If you were somebody who behaved like that, you wouldn't have been in court. Yeah. By the time you you got to court, you you knew how to. Yeah. Okay, and then, and then Mary uh, came. To court, like was that a? Yeah, so there's this whole story about Christmas 1536 when the family was reunited and how that okay. was, you know, and that's like a, a so thing. supposedly this 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 was a thing and mm-hmm. and the girls Jane and yeah Elizabeth, and Jane has like, this reputation of to... being like this person who brought them together like and to Jane's the one who yeah exactly well, that's a lovely I was thinking what a what a rare touching moment where they're sitting yes. there for like two seconds yeah and there was like one of the most famous paintings of henry is him with jane and edward and it was painted after jane had died henry always kind of supposedly saw jane as his true wife mm-hmm. and so it was him and jane together she was the only one that wasn't around <laughs> long enough for him to get sick of exactly <laughs> and and she gave him a son yeah and edward in the middle and then on either side is mary and elizabeth and it was oh, like the the family the whole family portrait yeah even included the the others yeah all right um and then he was speaking french and like he made a joke in french mm-hmm. or something and everyone laughed would everyone in in court mm-hmm. most likely have spoken yeah french because... you were taught latin you were taught french by the time you i mean and even that's one thing henry started with some of the schools and the grammar schools and stuff um people were taught um even normal people were taught like their their letters and numbers and stuff like that to be able to manage their farms and hmm. manage their stuff. But by the, if you were a noble person or even gentry, high up gentry and stuff, you, you would have been taught Latin and French. Um, Latin was the language of the church. So if you were ever going to have any kind of communications, it was also kind of the universal Latin and French kind of were the universal languages like English is now. Exactly. So if you wanted to communicate with anybody it would be in french usually okay and then i think i asked this before um mm-hmm. in this but is that what court was sort of like like would it would the king kind of sit there yeah and have like people come up and ask different things or mm-hmm. present things or yeah usually i mean especially like if there was a feast like that and it was like a party okay like if it was a formal meal then not but if it was just like a party like that and yeah. like, how often would you imagine that Henry kind of sat in court like that? Like, would he do that like once a week, or yeah, it was a pretty regular, or like a few times a week? And when a few he times was around, a month, I'd say. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like you... not maybe maybe not every week, but like. And it wasn't like Monday through Friday he was there for two hours or right. something. Well, you know, he did have like that was another thing you could see the king he had times where it was open during the day so he did kind of have for the common hours, people if, if you will mm-hmm. hmm. like for common people um to be able to go in and see him um he would take petitions and, there and you, was... you would kind of have to make it through some kind of you know 
like, okay, well, listen to, you know, you have a valid. Well, no, I mean, that, yeah, it was pretty available if you could, like, pretty much people could get in. And also he had a, there was a system of, like, if you had issues with stuff of, like, traveling courts and stuff that would go around. And that was, like, the King's Justice. He wasn't there. But yeah. um, if if you were in London and you needed to see the King about something, like, it, it was pretty, it was easier than we might expect Imagine. to be able to. It's it's not like today, like, you can't just dial up a president or uh, right. dial up a, an appointment with the president to talk about your issues. Right. And I think also, though, the other thing, again, is by the time you got to the point of needing to see the king over something yeah. like you were high enough up, like a mm -hmm. farmer wouldn't have an issue that would be like he's not going to king. Yeah, he would go talk to <laughs> he would talk to like his local landowner yeah. kind of thing. So by the time it got to the king level, it was easy enough to see the king. But also stuff like that at those kind of pageants, that wasn't like for court business. That was like that for was... official business. That was just like, hey, what's up kind of stuff. More, yeah, kind of. Per fun yeah all right uh and then mary and elizabeth yeah like what were they like like kids together like what what ages would they have been around this time well so she was born in 1516 mary and then elizabeth was born in 1533 so she was what like 20? seven 17 years okay and the thing is, you know, I have such a soft spot in my heart for mary because people always say crap about bloody mary and blah 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 blah, blah. And, like, yes, she did kill a lot of Protestants. Also, to note, her sister Elizabeth killed a lot of Catholics, and there was a lot of killing going on, on um, for both of them. But Mary never had children, and she always wanted to be a mother. It was like, especially not having had, having had her own mother ripped away from her the way she was, she always wanted to be a mother, and she never was. And the whole point, the whole reason she never was a mother was her marriage negotiations kept getting messed up because she was declared legitimate and then illegitimate. And, you know, every new wife, something happened with Mary's status. And so, like, foreign princes weren't going to want to marry their son yeah, off. someone who's going to turn out to not be a, a, yeah. a princess next month. Exactly. And so, you know, there were all these marriages. You remember early on she was engaged to the guy, Charles, yeah. and he was so much older. And, and there was all this stuff, and she never wound up getting married and until she became queen herself and could set it up for herself. Um, because then once Edward was king, they didn't want her marrying because she would be a threat because she was Catholic and, you know, a Catholic prince might invade and all this kind of stuff. Um, so she never was a mother and she always wanted to be a mother. It was like her greatest wish was to be a mother. And she, when Elizabeth was young, she and Elizabeth were very, very close. And also she had known what it was like to be declared illegitimate. She knew what Elizabeth's position had been like. And she could have harbored a lot of resentment to Elizabeth for having displaced you know, her mm -hmm. mother and all that kind of stuff. And she had to serve Elizabeth for a while and all of that. And she could have been really resentful, but she wasn't. She was, they were really, really close until they got older and Elizabeth kind of rebelled and became a Protestant. And it was hard during Mary's reign because the two, like Elizabeth was potentially linked to a rebellion against Mary. Mm -hmm. And so they fell out. But um, when they were young, Mary was really, really close to her and took, was almost like a surrogate mother to her. And I think it's a really sweet it, it shows sweet. a really sweet side of Mary that yeah. gets lost in the Bloody Mary <laughs> history stuff. Yeah. All right. And then Ask came to court he as did. well, or mm -hmm. to the party and things like that. Yep. He was invited um, to come to bring his case. And Henry was giving huge promises, which, as we watched the episode, didn't mm -hmm. really come nope. to fruition, any of that. And he did that. He made and, big and promises. Like, 
I know we don't know exactly what promises were made and, and when and what Henry was thinking, but do you think he meant any of it? And then when he found out that they were rebelling, like he took it back? Or I mean, was it just, do you, I mean, do you guess it was just completely made up from the beginning? I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think that he didn't, he wasn't going to kill 40,000 people. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to kill. Like, he yeah. really wanted an out to not have to kill 40,000 people. To 40, not just, like, and, and make an entire enemy of, of the whole uh, region. Right, because also, like, you know, Scotland is right there, and Scotland's a lot closer than London is, mm-hmm. and so there might have been some alliances there, potentially, and, mm-hmm. like, some invasion. And he, he didn't want Yorkshire and all of Northern England to, to be rebelling, and he didn't want to have to kill 40,000 people. So if he could bring them back into the fold. I think that's what so, he would have. So he, 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 would, he, he probably would have liked to have, to have done something. But he wasn't going to crown Jane uh, there. Yeah, because he said he was going to crown uh, his, his he, queen in yeah. York. And... He put off her, her coronation anyway until he... W- it's funny. She was never actually crowned um, because I think he wanted to save it until she had had a son to crown her because he had already crowned Anne and mm-hmm. that didn't work. And um and so then she died so spoiler alert so he he never crowned her um but yeah he wasn't going to do that and he wasn't i don't know that he ever thought he would have a parliament there maybe he might have had an an idea but um i think he would have liked to have found a way to not have it turn so bad to be so bloody and everything and so i think there was part of him that was acting in somewhat good faith yeah but partially yeah. yeah all right and then there was the scene with uh what what's his name with the ipad Francis or Francis Brian. Brian. Yeah. Okay. Francis Brian. And then, uh, apparently Mrs. Seymour. Yeah. Uh, Jane's brother's wife. Yeah. And they kind of made it out to seem like she was like a serial cheater. Is, yeah. is there anything with so that? Not for Anne, not for her because she had 10 children during this period uh-huh. in the 1530s. And so she was busy with some other stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, with having 10 children. Yeah, and I don't know how much time she spent at court. But the one interesting thing about the Seymour family is that Edward's first wife, whose name I forget, the gossip was, and it's true apparently, she had an affair with Edward's father, with her father-in-law. Okay. Now, how much of this was consensual? I'm not sure how much. They, they make it out that it was somewhat consensual. And it's actually a really sad thing because she had children. And once Edward found out, it became the crazy gossip of, like, Wiltshire. It was just his father could never come back to court. It was I just terrible. Yeah. Um, and then she was sent to a nunnery. She lost her kids. She lost, you know, access to anything. She died in a nunnery. It was all very sad. Um, especially if it wasn't completely consensual. And mm-hmm. so that was the story of Edward's first wife. So maybe they're kind of alluding to that. Kind of mixing in weird, yeah. But okay. um, Edward's second wife, she was really busy having kids yeah, then. Ten, I, don't... I don't imagine she <laughs> needed any kind of more activity um, <laughs> at all. Yeah. All right. Um, and then Ask was placed like in a really nice room when he was mm-hmm. there. Like, Yeah, he was treated really well. Okay, at, at the beginning. And, okay, let's see. I did a whole episode on the Pilgrimage of Grace. I did several episodes. I did a whole series on Tudor rebellions. Oh. Yeah. And the reasons people rebelled and when they actually worked. There was one rebellion that actually worked against a tax. Really? Yeah. It was earlier than this, but people rebelled against this tax. And one of the reasons people would often rebel 
is like Cornwall would rebel when there was a tax to fund a war with Scotland because they're like, why should we pay for Scotland? We're, like we're not close. And to then Scotland. similarly, Scotland would pay if there was something like on the south for the coast because they're like, we mm. don't care. And that was like one. Of, and there was this the, a great appeasement or so I forget exactly. There was this tax that Woolsey had passed, and there was a big rebellion, and it actually worked. That's wild, right? I'm like maybe I'll listen to your podcast one day. <laughs> That sounds interesting. I mean, people really like it. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> All right. Um... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Ask got a gem from Mary. Do, yeah. do we know anything about I don't know that Mary that? would have risked her father's... Yeah, ire like i mean he would have like chopped her head off like right there she was still on pretty shaky ground at that point would she have even probably have met with him i don't think so she might have given him a glance and a look and she's just like fresh back on the scene right remember she almost like he very closely he came this close to like killing her with with mom with her mom or no later after Anne's de- even after Anne's death because she thought it was all going to be hunky dory like okay, okay Anne's mom's dead gone. I didn't do anything I'm a kid yeah and and Anne Boleyn's out now so like I'm good now because the the witch is done oh because that's yeah sorry because Mary not... is Catherine's yeah okay so yeah. she thought that she was going to be all in but he was still like no look I'm still the head of the church you have to swear that I'm the head of the church and she's like well she I can't didn't really do, that. do that and finally it was Cromwell who worked out like this way for her to say it without really saying it and like talk about being an obedient daughter over. and blah blah, yeah. blah 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 um so that was just 6 months before this so she, I don't think she would have well good on Cromwell so I'm I'm just at this point in in the story of mm-hmm. everything I'm kind of souring on like on Cromwell? <laughs> on, like, everybody? On, like, pretty much everyone. Yeah. Like, Jane seems nice. Like, that's cool. Uh-huh. A- anyways, just Cromwell, like, that seems like a nice thing that Cromwell did. Yeah. yeah. Like, to, to kind of smooth that out with Mary. Yeah. Especially being, like, the Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. who he isn't super, so. Yeah. Tick mark for, for Cromwell doing something Cromwell's nice. done a lot of good stuff. Okay. Read just... Wolf Hall. No, I'm not going to tell you to read Wolf Hall. That's a All bigger right. commitment. But the, um. No. There's a really good book called Wolf Hall based There's a really the... good series so, trilogy, but yeah. Okay, series. I mean, I think most people listening to this would have heard of Wolf Hall, but... I'm just trying to inform the, the uninformed people <laughs> like me. I don't, maybe there's some uninformed ones. Yeah. If you want to no, go deep, Wolf Hall. Thomas Cromwell, well, I mean, it's historical fiction, but it's really well researched and also gives a side of Cromwell that we don't really see yeah. as much that doesn't come through. And he was very mission-driven, Cromwell. Get a mission in life. I mean, all these guys seem pretty driven, you know, on a mission, like yeah. one way or the other, with between Wolsey and and it wasn't and like Cromwell necessarily and, just for their own wealth and like yeah, and more and stuff. Yeah. Like they all just seem like hell bent yeah. on whatever it is they think. Yeah. Or... All right, and then Jane 
I guess, is there any way that we would know if she didn't hear about her father's death? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I know he, he again, he was, he wasn't really seen as being, he wasn't really in favor at all after everything that happened. And so I that think that might have happened, yeah. but that's sort of strange, strange thing. And then he announced the pardon of the Northerners on public, in public on a horse with that. I don't know like that he was on scene? a horse, but it was announced. Yeah, okay. it was a big thing because he really wanted to make it like because I think, you know, some people think he was setting them up, whatever. But he really wanted to make it like, look, I'm acting in good faith okay. and have people know. I'm not just going to go up and kill all these people like we're right. going to give them a chance or right. whatever. Okay. Um, and then that meeting in Pontefract Castle, mm -hmm. is that like, do we know if that happened Would would that would that be sort of realistic yeah. like the depiction of of the of the bosses of the rebellion meeting in some yeah because somewhere. eventually it all fall, fell apart and i think robert ask would have been trying to argue to say no let's give him a chance because robert ask knew yeah. his butt was on the line yeah so um jane the queen yes uh was sitting with one of her ma maidens yes and that was jane rochford Oh, the, the, the maiden that she was with. Yes. Okay. So, and then Jane Rochford said, you know, I don't know if I should say this, but mm -hmm. she brought up her mistress. Would that be something yeah. like they, they would discuss, like keep each other, up, not each other, but, you know, keep, keep the queen apprised of If they were on. on her side, yeah, because they'd want her to know so that she could maybe fire the lady or something like that. Just keep her yeah. eye on it. All right. Um, Knowledge is power. Yeah. Francis Bacon. Available now <laughs> in tutorfair.com. No, because he said that, right? France is bacon. Knowledge is power. Okay. France is bacon. <laughs> so I just had a geography question. Oh, please bring it. Okay. So York seems like they're talking about, that's like the capital of the north that these mm -hmm. guys are from. And then Carlisle, is that yeah. like closer to London? No, or? that is further north. It's a little bit northwest. And it is almost to Scotland. Okay. It's very much. And then that sneak attack on the Northerners where they were gathered, like, did that, did that happen? Was that a thing? Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how the exact plan of it was, but yeah, they, they surprised all Okay. Them. Okay. And do you know how many people died? Like, uh, was it a massive? Buttload. Yeah. Like. A crap load of people. Yeah. Okay. Like thousands and thousands. Yikes. And, like, I, that's what I don't get about them talking about Brandon taking it easy on everyone. It's like, yeah, he ju they just executed 74 or whatever the number was. But, yeah. I mean, it's not like there was only 74 people who died. Well, know. yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know the exact timeline. I don't know the exact timeline of when everybody was killed exactly. Um, but I know that between in the next couple of months, like. Just in the whole episode. many, Lots many, many and many lots thousands. and lots. Yes. Okay. All right, and then was martial law really declared in all yeah, of the Yeah, they were, like, and... really harsh. Wow, okay. It didn't turn out well. Yeah, and, like, would they, like, I mean, I guess it just was sort of like they were depicting, I mean, just sort of rounding people up and, like, questioning them, or... I mean, I think a little, it a, was a little bit more clear, you know, you kind of knew who the leaders were. Okay. And... So they weren't just, like, going through the streets and, like, no. grabbing people, per se. And they, they wanted to stay, I mean, again, he wanted to stay away from, he had to walk this line between, like, really showing, like, you can't do this, like, having some pretty serious punishments, and, like, not executing all of Yorkshire and yeah. all of the North. 
Yeah. Okay. And yeah, just uh, it's not really a question, but Brandon just is in a in a in a in a tough spot. I mean, I don't, I yeah. don't feel too bad for. Him. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of having to you know kill everyone. And uh, <laughs> Make it a wasn't bunch of promises, just oh, and then go kill him. It wasn't just Brandon. Like Duke of Norfolk was up there. There was a there were some other people that were up. It wasn't all a hundred percent on him. I see. And so there was other people. And and were they all kind of? I mean, I guess different people had different motivations. Yeah. So some of them would have been like, "Yay, we get to kill Northerners." Yeah, and a or, lot, or, but a lot of them were bummed because they wanted they didn't like Cromwell, so they were kind of bummed that uh, they had that to, they had to do Cromwell's bidding. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and then how about the quail eggs? Is yeah, that, that a thing? that's like what a thing. A... Yeah, it's funny because there's a story that Honor Lyle was a woman who was married to the captain of Calais, who was Arthur Plantagenet, who was like King Henry's like uncle and whatever. Anyway, because um, it was an illegitimate child of Edward the Fourth, like great uncle. Anyway, um, so Honor Lyle was married to the captain of Calais. And they had quail's eggs in Calais. And she was constantly sending quail's eggs to Jane when Jane was pregnant because she wanted advancement for her daughters. So she wanted her to secure a place at court for her daughters. <laughs> she kept so she was sending quail's quail eggs. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right. And then, so then ask again. So now, now we're sort of back to ask being in a really bad spot. Yes. And he's in the, in the tower. It's or not he, or looking good. He, you know, he, he thought he was coming down to, to have, a, have a nice chat with the king. Nope. And then he hears, you know, and then Bri- Brian. Brian, Brian, yeah. Brian. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's sort of, hey, we're, you know, Cromwell wanted to have a word with you. Like at the moment he bum, heard Cromwell, bum, bum. like, because he knows that yeah. Cromwell's like his arch enemy kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so then the whole episode, I'm not asking because I think you know about this specific incident. Okay. But I'm just curious if you think that this sort of thing might have even happened where Cromwell, you know, requested Brandon's attendance and right. Brandon sort of shows up like in, in my head, Brandon is sort of maybe equal ish to mm-hmm. Cromwell. I mean, not like he has that much power per se, but I, I don't expect to him to be like answering to Cromwell. And then not only is he summoned by him, but then, like Cromwell gives Brandon sort of these yeah. um, uh, orders from the king, and and it just like I don't know. To me, that seemed like a weird dynamic. Like, do you think that that sort of thing might have happened with them? Yeah, I mean, like the thing about Cromwell is like his downfall was that he took his authority like way too far, I, and that's how it seemed to me. So, so that's kind of a thing Cromwell might have done. Because to me, it just seems like, whoa, dude, like, does the king even, like, want that stuff? Right. Or are you just saying this for you and hoping it doesn't get, you know, yeah. it reminds you of, like, a kid asking, you know, the other parent that she yeah, has to yeah, say yeah. yes. And, and, oh, don't, don't tell the other one. And that was something Cromwell would do. You know, it's funny because early on, Thomas Woolsey, early in Henry's reign, yeah. got popular with Henry because mm-hmm. Woolsey would do all of the work and let Henry have time to just party. And Cromwell had served with Woolsey. Cromwell was in uh, Woolsey's household. So he kind of thought maybe... That, he kind of thought maybe that's the way to do it. Like, yeah. you just take care of all of yeah, the, you, the like stuff. The, the king doesn't want to have to worry about all this right. stuff. Right. So, and plus also, it was 
protecting him in that case too because mm-hmm. they all hated him yeah so it was like all right well we're just gonna take care of this and i mean like the thing is with doing it to charles brandon if if i was charles brandon i would want to for sure make sure i saw the seal of and yeah the instructions see the signature and like, that. like but it's also <laughs> possible that to the king yeah right but it's also possible that cromwell probably had all of that stuff drawn up and you know maybe just threw it on henry's he, desk hey sign these yeah, and yeah. You know, yeah. Henry's like, oh, okay. Or he might have he might have had his own seal or whatever yeah. or something. Okay. So, um, and and Cromwell really wanted to try to rule like Wolsey had wo- ruled. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, okay. that's that. So that so that kind of thing might have might have gone on. And then did Cromwell start to have distaste or maybe already had distaste? Is there beef between? Brandon and, and Cromwell? Yeah, there was prote- perpetual beef between okay. them. Because he's yeah. like, oh, maybe you're a papist. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like, why are you coming up with this guy? Okay. And then and then there was the heads, the heads on the spikes. Yep. I kind of skipped past that, but I saw enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I you're think a little I know, more sensitive. I am. Yeah. I am a little. So that I, I think I know from you talking, that was like, thing, that was something they did. Yeah, and right? you know, it's like, funny because there was a very early... Um, painting of London and you see London Bridge and there's like 20 heads on hikes just sticking and so if you wanted to go across London Bridge you had to walk under them right and like the birds would peck at them and you know all of that like <laughs> eyeball might fly exactly you. yeah exactly um, now I think the birds peck out the eyeballs first so a lot of juicy organs oh, in God. there um, and so anyway um, yeah, that was like a thing. Are you going to throw up? <laughs> All right, so that and, was a thing. And the whole thing, first, it was to completely disrespect. Like, it was reserved for people who were like straight up traitors. Yeah. To completely disrespect their body mm-hmm. and disrespect, you know, all their of that. soul and all of it. And then also it was as a warning to other people, don't like, mess don't mess around. So like before you went into London, if you were coming from Southwark on the south side, you had to you walk were, underneath these. of robbing people. And, if you were thinking like, about getting up to heads. any mischief at all, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. And it was a warning for people. So yeah, it's interesting in these early paintings of London Bridge, you see the heads on the on the pikes there's like 20 of them up there and there's stories where people would go and like families would go and try to retrieve the head and stuff like that good times so just just to finish off on a different note the quail's eggs from calais yeah we already talked about that yeah and that probably would have been from honor lyle yeah to try and get preferment for her daughters cool yeah and jane said she would take one of the daughters whichever one was the better looking one nice (laughs) So. I love it. I love quail's egg. All right, so that's our show. Yeah, that is. And we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna finish. We're gonna finish it. Yep. High five. Let's do it. So do we'll it. be back. And if you want to actually dig even deeper into Tudor England, check out the Renaissance English History Podcast, where there's like 200 episodes at EnglandCast.com or wherever you're listening to this show. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.